Think about the thing that fires you up the most, whatever that might be, and that's going to be different for everybody. So think about what that thing is. Is there a way to go help make that happen in your community as it is now? It's just changed everything in my life. Every single person has a gift to offer the world. And what does that look like? How can we inspire people to do that? Grab onto that and be anchored in that because um, their fulfillment lies in their identity, not in their actions. You can kind of sort of BS everybody else, but it's that kind of thing where you know if you're on it or not. Wake up and clean the slate. And you don't have to believe the lies that people have told you. You're not living that to its potential. It's a waste. Welcome to the Forgotten Art Project. My name is David. And I'm Shara. We are so excited to be here today. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to introduce Justin Camerata today. Um, It has been a long time. We've known each other over 20 years now. Uh, Thank you so much for being here, Justin. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to kind of dive into uh, what you're doing right now, which is interim city council member for District 2. District 2, correct. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I was appointed to the Tacoma City Council at the end of March, and what happened there was the incumbent is a member of the Navy Reserves. Uh, he was just reelected in November, mm-hmm. uh, and then shortly after that was called up to active duty. So oh, wow. he's currently stationed in Afghanistan, um, serving the country out there. And so what happened was the after some some lobbying from various members of the community, the city council announced that they were going to appoint somebody in his place while he was out. Um, So there were about 40 applicants and each member of the council put one forward. Um, And after a lot of deliberation, it was a lot of really, really good people that applied to. So people that I would have been thrilled to have as my my city council representative. But um, yeah, eventually I was voted in. So I am there now in District 2, in case anybody is listening to this and doesn't know, it covers downtown Tacoma, uh, the Port and the Tide Flats, Northeast, the Stadium District, which I believe, Sherry, you lived in at one mm-hmm. point. Oh, yeah. um, so that's part of my district, and uh, about half of the North End as well. So pretty pretty big swath territory, a lot of people. It's one of our major job centers. Um, it's our port is there, and uh, also some of our, both our densest areas and some of our least dense areas too. So it's a really diverse, interesting mix of places. It is. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. It's been fun. So why city council? I mean, that's not necessarily something I think most people think of as like a glamorous job. I think they should because I I love the job. But, um, you know, for me, I've been interested in government and civics for a long time, and I've not worked full time in it. I have another job in the tech sector as well, Um, but I've kind of always had my feet in different ways to engage at, at the city level in particular. I, I decided a long time ago, national is too divisive and too too ugly and too gross, and state's fine too, state's good, but I, I felt like at the city level, there's a chance to really dive in, get to know people, make a difference, and it's not super difficult to do, even in a city as big as Tacoma, which is one of the largest ones in the state. And, um, you know, one of the things I've always loved about it is if you want to go get a cup of coffee with the mayor, it's not super difficult to get on her calendar to do that. Wow. Um, you know, you can, yeah, you can, you can email, you might have to email staff and schedule it and such, but um, we, I think in this city and this region generally, we have a very accessible, approachable local government. I love that. And there's a lot of citizen boards and a lot of commissions and a lot of chances to get involved. 
So, you know, the opportunity presented itself and I'd always been kind of interested and thought, you know, what I like to be on that side of things and helping, helping make policy and helping do things that I feel like actually impacts people's day-to-day lives and the environment that they live and work in and what the long, long-term future plans of a place are. So mm-hmm. opportunity presented itself and it's like, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And here we are. That's awesome. And I mean, again, I think that's not necessarily typical. I think a lot of people, and I may just be speaking as a generalization, um, tend to see issues and get frustrated with them, but not necessarily feel led to say, well, maybe I could change it. Maybe I could, you know, do something for the good. Um, Is that something you felt like you've always kind of processed or what? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think think there's, like I said, I, I think one of the great things is it is, really accessible, especially if you don't live in a bigger city like Seattle where there's more barriers. But um, if you see something that you think can be better or that you want to work on, it's it's fairly easy for a lot of people to get involved. And um, it's not the same for everybody. Different people face different barriers to involvement. And I think one of the things that we've seen in Tacoma is there's very large levels of disparity when it comes to access to opportunity. You know, there's certain areas where uh, the frankly, people are poor and they don't have an opportunity to spend the time doing it. So what, one of our initiatives is to try to make that better, make, get more equitable representation around neighborhoods and access to city services too and help people have more of a chance. You know, we've got people that have to work two jobs or three just to keep the lights on. Yeah. Um, so the, the needs are different around the city. But mm-hmm. but there is a chance to just go and get involved and fix something and that's and or to be involved or to give input in a process. And I... I've always really loved doing that. I've served on a number of different commissions and boards throughout the years, and um, this is just kind of the next iteration of that. Yeah. Where did that start then? It's, I think it's always, some of that interest has always been there for me. I think one of the, my first big exposures to government really was, uh, you would have known me around this time. I was a, I was a Senate page when I was, a, I think, around like freshman year. Um, so I served in the in the Olympia legislature for a very brief period of time, and that was fun. But you know that's the that's the partisan back and forth. Get a bill, get a bill passed. Republicans don't like this. Democrats like this. Blah blah blah. Back and forth. And it's like yeah, that's cool and that's that's fun. But um, and that does impact the whole entire state, which is great. But uh, I believe it was somewhere around right around when I finished uh, going to University of Washington, and I I got involved with a couple of small organizations that just decided, hey, we're gonna clean up some of these old parking lots and we're gonna we're gonna plant some we're gonna plant some flowers in these old areas here and and they're able to just go and do that and um so for me i think once i started to see get involved at that kind of level uh and i met at the time a city council member there and started talking to them and that's where my interest really started to take off is when i saw Mm -hmm. if you want to get involved and do something you can and oftentimes again in a place like tacoma you will you will be in close proximity to people that can help make things happen. Mm-hmm. So um, over the years, like I said, I've served in a, in a handful of different boards and commissions, and um, it's just kind of been a gradual process to get here. But, yeah, I think, I think the big takeaway for me would be if you see something and you feel like it can be better and it's in your community and you know it better than anybody else because you're in that community, you're there day to day, What's stopping you from going out and fixing it or trying to make it better? Obviously, the barriers are different for everybody. I want to acknowledge that. But Mm -hmm. if you see something in your neighborhood and you feel like you can make an impact on it, go do it. Mm -hmm. So this is this is for me. That's what that looks like. 
but it could look different for everybody, I think. I think yeah. some people, it may just be a matter of doing a neighborhood cleanup or a beach cleanup or a, um, it may not be in serving in government or serving on boards or commissions, but it could be too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so recently I've, I've been thinking about this idea when it comes to um, our government and laws and systems that we've set up and how maybe this is just my own my own way of thinking about how we have like, all right, we set the system in place, now it's good. And like how, no, like that that's not the thing. We need to, you know, continually be refining and making it better and yep. going this direction and changing Absolutely. because we're all changing. So maybe you can kind of speak to that a little bit. Yeah, and I think, I think um, well, I'll give you an example of, of a recent thing that we took on. So shortly after I joined the council, um, there was a story in the news about an apartment complex called the Tiki Apartments. And uh, it's an area, it's not too far away from Tacoma Community College, but basically it's, um, it's a bit of a, it's a place where a whole lot of people live that are extremely resource constrained. So a lot of the population that was living there They live solely on a disability check of like $700 a month. It's insanely low. Um, But but they they basically, the the property was purchased by an investor in Seattle, and he gave them 20 days to all move out, and like they had to go. And all these folks were on a month-to-month lease in general, and they had nowhere to go. You know, like there's... $700 $700 a month, you can't find a studio apartment in Tacoma for under twelve or 1300 anymore. Um, so, so... Yeah, you have to put the first month down. And first month down, last month down, security yeah. deposit, pet fee, if you've got that, you have to move all your stuff. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And uh, so one of the things that it kind of forced us to do in this process was, okay, we need to take a good hard look at tenant protections in the city of Tacoma. Like, what happens if you're a renter? We need to make sure that there are some laws and policies in place that protect you from, from these kinds of things happening. So we had a few emergency sessions. We had some public hearings. We, we got an emergency ordinance passed that gave people more time in those kinds of instances. We were able to work with the property purchaser and be like, we, these folks need to have more time. So he gave them, he gave them additional time. Um, and to me, it was a good, and we we're kind of in this long ongoing process right now of, it's, it's probably going to take up the majority of my time on the council, frankly, of looking at all the laws, all the rights, having lawyers check what can be done, what is feasible state law and with national law. And um, But to me, it's a good example of even at the, even at the smaller level like that, you can get involved. It's not, it's not fixed. It's not, the system is not rigged. It's not, it's not fixed against you if there's a will and there's uh, ability to get it done and there's sufficient care and attention, then you can get it done. So um, that's taken up really the first, I'd say, three, four weeks of my time on the council. But uh, it's going to continue to be a big issue, as I'm sure you guys know, uh, housing affordability is a bigger, bigger problem regionally. So mm-hmm. um, we're trying to crack that code as well. Mm-hmm. So does that answer your, your question? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, yeah, cool. Absolutely. Because yeah. I've heard you talk about um, that kind of idea broad, more broad stroked. Um, just housing in general. Um, do you have more thoughts on that that you can kind of dive into with us? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that it's frankly a really big national problem too. Um, you're seeing more and more as people's uh, people's incomes have not grown enough to match the rising costs of housing, and there's been at a broader level a bigger trend of people moving back to cities out of urban and rural areas. Uh, in Seattle, we have a couple large employers that are 
really driving a lot of growth there, which is great. Uh, all the employees that they're hiring tend to be more highly compensated in that area. So the the net effect of that is prices are going up, mm-hmm. and that's great if you're able to to afford it. It's the it's the everybody else on the bottom that we need to be looking out for and worrying about, and not just on the bottom, the middle class too. I think they're they're starting to feel squeezed. You know, government definition of housing affordability is thirty percent of your more of your income, no more than that, goes mm-hmm. to your housing. And last time, last we last we checked, I think it was somewhere around forty to fifty percent of people in Tacoma were were around fifty percent or more of their income easily. Mm-hmm. So. There's a number of components to this. You have to look at policy. You have to look at getting a lot more housing built. Um, you have to work on making sure that it's uh, it makes sense for developers to want to come build here. Uh, we just passed something the other night called an inclusionary zoning pilot, where basically that's requiring for some new developments in certain areas to have uh, kind of a lower rate units as part of that. And uh, we've, we updated a bunch of regulations to make that more cost effective for them to do, but there's just so many components to it. I mean, it's not, and, and even with all this work that we're doing, I'm under no pretenses that it's going to solve the problem. I mean, it's going to, maybe we'll chip away at it and we'll hopefully make things better for some people, but I mean, it's, this is a big all hands on deck kind of crisis. So, um, but again, to me, it's, it's, it's very hopeful in a way too, because mm-hmm. what I'm seeing is citizens stepping up, getting involved. I'm seeing businesses and private individuals come to the table. I've seen a lot of churches and faith organizations step up and say, how can we help with this? Um, I talked to two churches yesterday that wanted to have some of their members go volunteer at the Tiki apartments and help people move. Um, and it's it's been very heartening to me to see a lot of people recognize the extent of the problem and want to step up and help. So um, so I look forward to seeing what happens. And again, we're not going to solve it. This is going to be, and at the national level, it's going to continue to be a problem too, because ideologically there's some pretty big differences, but, um, I think I'm excited to see what people are willing to step up and contribute. Yeah. I think that's really exciting because I don't know if, um, that's, um, so the, the concept of government really looking out for these kinds of situations and saying, what do we need to do? How do we step in? Um, what's within the rights of the businesses as well as the individuals and the community. Um, You know, you don't always think of that when you immediately think of local government. Right. Um, And I think that's just, you know, on my part, maybe not really diving into it and and looking into it. But it just, it's so crazy to think that it's hopeful. It's hopeful. It's doable. Um, it's an opportunity. Um, people can step up. Um, I mean, I'm just hearing all these incredible phrases from you that it's, I don't know if I would have thought that way beforehand. Yeah. And, and just as a good example of, of kind of citizen involvement too. So with, with the affordable housing stuff, we, we have a group that calling themselves the Tiki tenant organizing committee. Hmm. And it's, it's members of the community, members of, uh, different labor unions are part of it. A couple, couple of political advocacy groups too, but, these are just regular people, you know. They're not they're not lawmakers. They're not they're not paid lobbyists or anything like that. They're just putting their time out to go help these these tenants out, mm-hmm. to advocate for laws, to organize, to get people to attend. I mean, they've been I've been so impressed with these guys. They've been they've been showing up to committee hearings. They've been showing up to the main meetings itself, and they're they're speaking. They're on point. They're mm-hmm. they're emailing us. They're taking the time to learn. In addition to at the city level, they're taking the time to learn what else can they impact at uh, 
other cities around the area and the county and things like that. And their whole push is let's help people that are facing this problem. Yeah. And uh, their tactics may not be everybody's. I personally have no problem with it, but I I think it's an amazing example of like this is these are just regular people. They're not they're not government people. They're not paid mm-hmm. to be there. Mm-hmm. They're just stepping up, and this is something that they're doing to help dozens, hundreds, maybe even thousands of people around the city that are facing a need. And yeah. it's really inspiring to me. And I I saw a couple of them the other night. We drank a beer together for a couple of minutes, and um, to me, it's kind of a a good example of this is this is what things can be, mm. and and it's very optimistic and hopeful to me. Yeah, yeah, it's cool because I mean, if you listen to the news, like we talked about the news in our in our first uh, podcast interview, but um, Veronica, no, with each other, <laughs> okay. just talking about yeah, yeah. and how it, it just tends to be so negative. Yeah, but then yeah. but then when you talk to somebody like you who's like in the field doing stuff, you're like, no, look at all these good things. And then we went to an event a couple weeks ago and. You know, obviously, like homelessness is a big deal in yep. our, our area. And it's related to affordable housing as well. Yeah, and there were at least five groups there who were like, "This is what we're doing to help the homeless situation." Here's how we're yeah. impacting this community up here, and here's our, you know, down yeah. here. And it's just super cool to see. Like, yeah, hey, you know, okay, let's start talking about all the good that's going on. Let's get that perpetual yes. cycle. Yeah, going. absolutely. And and to be clear, there can be some negatives too. Oh, there's yeah. there's I For think sure. our our mayor's race got a little got a little nasty last year on on one side of it, unfortunately. But um, I think the the overall positives of it, I, I love going there. I you know the the job is technically designated as part time, but we we all have an office we share, and I absolutely love it. My colleagues are awesome. It's this friendly, progressive, caring group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, the mayor Victoria Woodards is the mayor of Tacoma. She's um, she's one of the most upbeat, joyful people I think I've ever known in my entire life. And she hugs everybody and she's just, you know, just, just, Hey, every time you see her and it's, it's a pleasure. So, I mean, it's again, yeah, there's certainly negatives and it's a political environment too, but it's, it's also all these people that legitimately love their city Mm -hmm. and they're finding that this is their way of helping out. And that doesn't mean everybody needs to run for council, although I think you should, if you're interested in that or join a board or commission, but these are people that are finding something to do in their city and their way that they can contribute to it. And they want to step up and help do it. And, mm-hmm. and to me, it's frankly a, uh, an inspiration and a privilege to see it every day. It's mm-hmm. cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So it seems that you've said it, it's a, it's a great theme in what you've been saying over and over again, but it's accessible. And I, I just don't think that the average person thinks it's accessible. I mean, um, that's their, that's this big problem over here. Sure. And, you know, I have to wake up and take care of my kids and get, you know, off to the job and come home and go grocery shopping and do these things. I don't have time to pay attention to the issues, let alone help. But in reality, you can, it sounds like, even if you're just paying attention and kind of following through. But what are realistic ways that people can actually get involved? Yeah, I think, I think. Uh, well, first of all, just to kind of acknowledge your earlier point, I think, like I said earlier, there are some communities in, in Tacoma where, access is is a little more difficult. I mean, I am very, I'll, I'll flat out say it, I'm very privileged in the sense of I can do this and I'm and my my professional and personal life allows me to do it. But, you know, there are people that face systemic access problems. So we're, we're working to address some of those too. Um, so, but I think for the average person, I think a good example for Tacoma would be Twitter, oddly enough, there's there's a couple different hashtags going around related to specific things within the city. So one of them is hashtag TAC Council, uh, and that's anything related to laws, policy, following the meetings, 
Um, Candace Rude from the News Tribune, she's a she's a fellow millennial-ish like us, and she's she was one of the people that kind of helped spearhead that. Uh, Kenny Coble, too, who I believe you also know, um, he he was another one of the people that helped get that started. Um, so so writing about issues there, and people will engage in dialogue on Twitter. Facebook's the same way. I mean, it's there's a lot of kind of chatter going on there. Um, there's a lot of events that happen around the city, which some people go to, some people find value in, some people don't. But I think the big thing is, you know, in a, in a city the size of Tacoma, again, if you if you want to talk to somebody about something, it's not super difficult to do. And I I actually, before I came here this morning, I stopped by Bluebeard Coffee, one of my favorite shops on 6th Ave, and uh, ran into a friend there, and he was like, you know, I kind of love that I just can talk to my city council member for five minutes getting coffee this morning. Um, I, I ride transit a lot. I ride a bus and uh, one of our one of our commissioners, he's got a, he's another guy like me, works in the tax sector in addition to this and he's like, I rode the bus with my city council member today. We just talked about some ideas we had and um, you know, you can find little ways to engage people just in the community where they're at and um, at the grocery store, at the coffee places and in those places where people like to go and congregate and um, yeah, I, I really love it. I'm probably babbling a little bit here. No, I think it's right. exciting. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's important to, to hear that people in politics are passionate. You know, they're, they're doing it because they have a reason to do it. They're not doing it to, I don't know, the glamour or whatever. I mean, there's some of that for sure. I mean, yeah. there's, there's definitely, there's definitely some of that, but I think overall, most people that I know that are involved are doing it because they love the city. And they want to help make it better in their way of whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the city council right now, in addition to me, we've got we've got uh, Ryan Mello. He's one of my colleagues. He's he's the executive director of Pierce Conservation District. So he's mm-hmm. he's working on environmental initiatives. We have uh, Chris Beal. He's a city planner. Um, Connor McCarthy. He's one of the other ones. He's an attorney, and he's spent some time helping people with like tenants issues. He's been he's been really helpful during this this process of dealing with the Tiki apartments and tenants rights. Cause he knows a lot of this really well. Uh, the mayor herself, she's a military veteran. Um, Catherine Ushka, one of my other colleagues, she was on the school board too. And she, mm-hmm. um, she, she's dealt a lot with kids and especially in kind of economically distressed areas. She has a lot of, a lot of experience with that. So what I'm finding is all these people with these different backgrounds and different skill sets and different interests, they're, they're coming forward and they're stepping up. And it's like, here's how, Here's what I can contribute. Here's what I can help with. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a family. I do. You have a full-time job and you're a city council member. Yeah. So what's that drive? How do you, you know, you know, people talk a lot about balance, work-life balance. And then I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were like, screw balance. Who needs balance? Nobody's balanced. I don't know anyone that's balanced. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, what 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 does that drive for you? What um, how do you manage all of that? I think I think for me, I, the work life balance term. I think I I tend to not think of it that way. I like to think of it in terms of there's always going to be things that need to be done. Um, we have to ask ourselves what do we value most and what do we care about, and um, what are the things that we're going to choose to respond to and to to act on. So. Um, there are a lot of things that, that come at you and you do have to be in this, in this capacity, pretty ruthless with your, your time management. You have to get good at saying, sorry, I can't do that. Um, and especially being a parent, if you want to take care of your, your family needs and everything, that's part of that. But, but the other great thing of that too, is you can, you can integrate a lot of these things too. So, um, my kids and my wife, Bess, they come with me to a lot of stuff. They, 
Um, we went to a, a beach cleanup the other day that a local nonprofit hosted. Um, you know, they, they were part of that. My kids were helping pick up garbage on the beach. Um, going to meetings and going to, going to events, things like that, family can be part of that. And then there's also times where I'm just like, nope, sorry, today I'm just, I'm staying home. I'm spending time with my kids. That's what we're doing. Um, so I think it's just a matter of asking what, what needs to get done, what's urgent, what's, uh, what's a major priority, and what can, I, what can I do at a later time? What can I do now? You, I think of it more as being very, treating your time as a resource and spending it very wisely. I think the term work-life balance is frankly not helpful yeah. because there's always going to be things you could be doing more of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> even, if you, even if you're not doing everything that I'm doing right now, there's things that you don't need to be doing that you're probably doing. Mm-hmm. So take, take your time, figure out what you're, what's on your plate, ask yourself, does this align with what I value and care about? And is this most helpful either to my job or to my passions or my, my interests and figure out ways to delegate if it's not. Yeah, exactly. Right on. <laughs> what, are, what else do you say now? There you go. Um, that's really exciting to hear. Um, you know, you obviously have a passion for um, looking around your environment and saying what needs to be done and how can I step into that. Uh, do you see yourself moving in the future into a specific passion? Do you have something that's close to your heart that you would you would love to dive into, you would love to help out with if you could? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think right now I'm kind of, I have my feet in two different worlds. So that's that's civics and, and technology. So I've been in both of those. Um, if I can find a way to marry those two and get them together, I think that's a that's a huge interest of mine. Um, but but as far as things we could do, I mean, I, I think I'm always, no matter what I'm doing professionally or whether I'm on the city council or anything else like that, I, I really love the place I live. And I think I'm always going to be looking for ways that I can contribute to its overall well-being and, and health and, uh, and community vitality. So, um, you know, whether that's always through the capacity that I'm in now, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's just working directly with people or finding some cool little initiative or project to be part of downtown or in my own neighborhood or somewhere else in the city. And I mean, I think there's just so many people doing so many great things. I, w- I was talking to somebody uh, in the east side of Tacoma recently, and she's starting a new kind of a neighborhood activism nonprofit. And uh, basically what she was trying to do is she was looking at, you know, the community's food needs there mm-hmm. and the, um, you know, ways to organize around the new community center that they're opening up out there. And there's just different, and she's doing this on her own, you know. So, I mean, there's there's so many different ways that you can find something that you care about. I think the arts community, there's a lot of people that are, you know, for them, they, they're getting involved with um, new music venues, new art initiatives. And like, for them, it's not government. For them, it's creating stuff and putting it out there. But but also being part of that that scene and that world and knowing who can help them. And um, it's just, there's so many different ways that you can contribute, no matter what your specific interests or skill sets are. Yeah. So I anticipate I'm always going to be doing that, no matter what, yeah. no matter what it is. So you talked a, a little bit about tech. What do you do in the tech side? So in the tech side, I've most recently been with a, a very small startup. Uh, we made kind of a marketing platform for uh, different consumer brands, and we were we were acquired in January actually by a by a bigger company based out of North Carolina, and uh, that's been really fun too. And they've been very supportive of me being involved in this capacity, which has been awesome. Yeah. Um, so my role there, I kind of did a little bit of everything. I would do project management, working with our client accounts, a little bit of post-sales things, a uh, little bit of analytics, kind of kind of wore multiple hats in that role as well. So um, I've worked for some bigger companies and some smaller ones too. So I'm splitting my time between the two 
pretty pretty well. My most of my time is still still at that job, but um, doing this as well too. So yeah. yeah, lots of interest there also. Awesome, that's so exciting to hear. I'm yeah, it's just exciting to hear that you were able to still stay with um, something that you've been working on for a while. Yeah, continuing to do. Yeah, that. and we made sure that we had those conversations and talked about what that would look like and. Um, I think the key there is transparency and making sure that everybody has access and they know what you're doing and um, you you go above and beyond to help deliver on what you need to deliver on there too. So, cool. Well, I mean, I feel like you've already been so inspiring at this point and you've given some really great practical advice. Um, if you could say one thing to somebody who was still searching for what they wanted to do and... Um, they know they have a passion for something, but they're trying to narrow it down. What kind of advice do you think you would give them? I think for me, what I would say to anybody is think about the thing that fires you up the most, whatever that might be, and that's going to be different for everybody. So think about what that thing is. Is there a way to go help make that happen in your community as it is now? Yeah. So maybe you're passionate about arts. Maybe you're passionate about gardening. Maybe you do like the policymaking process or making laws or working with working with different interest groups, but figure out what that is. Find a way that you can do it in your own community. Do some Googling if you have to. Find out who your mayor is if you don't know or your, your city council. Go call one of them. Ask if you can get a cup of coffee with one of them for half an hour. Mm -hmm. if, you're in a, if you're not in a massive, massive city, you, you will be surprised. You may be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And talk to them and let them know, this is what I care about. How can I get involved with it? They'll likely have some ideas for you if they're if they're good at their job at all. They will mm. they will likely have some ideas for you and tell you ways that you can contribute to it. So that's what I would say to just about anybody. And again, nobody can answer that question but you. Mm -hmm. So find out what that is and go for it. Yeah, awesome. And you can do it. Yeah. It is it is something that's totally doable. Yeah, and if you have barriers that are preventing you from it, find other ways that work around it and don't feel bad about those barriers. You know, reach out and. Um, you know, again, I, I know I keep harping on this point, but I realize that I'm privileged in my life to be able to to do these things, but not everybody has the same level of privilege that I have. So um, be aware that people are, are mindful of that and trying to help and then also find ways that you can contribute. And there you'd be surprised at the impact you can make. Cool. Well, thank you, Justin. Really my pleasure. Thank, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Oh, real quick, too. I guess I might as well oh, plug yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also am part of a podcast project. It's called uh, Crossing Division. Mm -hmm. um, so you can go to crossingdivision.com. That's me and two other hosts, um, a guy named Dave Jones and Julie Anderson, who is actually, she's actually the person that runs Pierce County Elections. So she is... She is the other the other host of this, and she's wonderful. And hi, Julie, if you're listening to this. Um, but she, uh, so basically what we do for that show is we, we bring in a variety of people from around Tacoma area and talk about a lot of issues, and either from both a high level and up close, and we try to look at it from a variety of perspectives and see, see how we can grow an understanding of a topic. So we've talked about affordable housing. We've talked about... Uh, tech in Tacoma. We've talked about small businesses. We've talked about racial equity. We've talked about all kinds of different stuff from a variety. You know, Dave, Dave and his wife help run a, a small real estate boutique firm. I work in tech, and I'm on the city council. Julie runs our elections department, and it's been a really awesome assortment of guests. So I encourage you guys to check that out awesome. and yeah. see see what you think of it. So that sounds cool. But thank you too both for having me on here. Yeah, no, it's been great. Thank you for your time. My pleasure.
Thanks so much for checking out our latest episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for any links and additional info related to this episode. You can find us on the web at theforgottenartproject.com. And we also want to make sure and let you guys know about our Facebook group. Check out our Facebook page and click on the link to our group and we will make sure and add you. It's a great opportunity to continue the conversations that we are having during our interviews and we would love to have you be a part of it. If you have a great story or you know somebody that has a great story that you think would be a great fit for our show, please feel free to use the contact form on our website or email us at theforgottenartstories at gmail.com. We would love to hear about how you are pursuing what makes you alive. If you'd like to support this project, we've created an opportunity for you to do so. You can go to patreon.com forward slash the forgotten art project. And for as little as a cup of coffee or $4 a month, you can help us move this project forward and get some new equipment. Our first goal really is just to get some nicer equipment. You can hear how nice this microphone sounds. We'd like to get a few more of these so that the audio quality sounds fantastic for all of you folks to hear. We are truly honored to get to share your story.